saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of all mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and he shall arbitrate for many peoples. Pruning hooks and nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm today is Psalm 122 on page 779. 779. Oh, my apologies. It's one of those mornings, folks. Okay, 779. I was not ready for this. See, you should have done it, Elsa. <laughs> okay. We'll read responsibly by full verse. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Now be your within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is at unity with itself. The tribes of the Lord, the assembly of Israel, to praise the name of the Lord. For there are the thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Peace be within your walls, and quietness within your towers. I pray for your prosperity. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek to do you good. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. One of the things that children are great for is establishing routines. My mornings all start off exactly the same way. Timothy and Peter have a clock in their room and it lights up with all kinds of different colors. But it's set so that at 6.30 each morning, it turns green to let them know that it's no longer sleep time, and it's now okay for them to come and get mom and dad. So usually sometime around 6 or 6.15, they both wake up, they get out of their beds, they play quietly with some of their toys, maybe their Legos, maybe their magnetic tiles, while mom and dad get just a little more shut-eye and then 6.30 arrives, the light comes on. And every morning, 
I hear the exact same thing at the exact same time. Peter comes to the door and yells, the clock is green. And he will continue yelling it until I have responded and made my way there. And that's what I have in my head when I hear Paul making basically the same announcement in his letter to the Romans. You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Paul is telling the Roman Christians, just like Peter tells me every morning, the clock is green. And that's how Advent starts. It starts with the call to wake up. Last night may have been liturgical New Year's Eve, but now it's time to put away all of those wild parties and dial in. Both Jesus and Paul are sounding the same note here. It's a warning to wake from our sleep, to stay awake, and to keep our eyes open and to be ready. And I don't think that they mean we should drink another cup of coffee so we can stay awake through the service. There is a, there's a good term for what they're talking about that the, the kids used to say, woke. In a time-honored tradition, adults found out about it and ruined it. Um, so now it's mostly used by people who don't know the original meaning. But before that happens, it actually did have a very useful meaning and something that's important to what we're talking about with Jesus and Paul. It's something along the lines of being aware of the greater forces that are at work that are trying to control our lives. It meant seeing through the lies that are told to keep us in compliance. It meant digging deeper than the official story, knowing the real stories that had been suppressed. It meant a willingness to challenge the authorities and powers that be and to live a life that was committed to truth. And I think that definition helps us understand what Jesus and Paul are talking about in these passages. Jesus's listeners were early Jewish Christian communities. That's who the Gospel of Matthew is written to. They were living in a place where their religious authorities would have been telling them over and over again that judgment was something that was coming for other people. <laughs> that, when did, that when God did act, it would be on their behalf because of who they were and that they had nothing to worry about. We're going to be spending a lot more time in the Gospel of Matthew over the course of this year, but I want to note this as a theme that's going to be coming up quite a lot. There are specific challenges that come up when our, religious tell, when our religion tells us that we are special and some other group of people is not. When we start to believe that judgment is something that will be done unto others because there is something wrong with them, but that we ourselves are immune, it can create a kind of spiritual sleep where we spend all of our time talking about their sins and never recognizing the areas where we need repentance. And Jesus does not want that to happen. So he tells his people, stay awake. Now Paul, in this letter to the Romans, was writing to people who were actually living at the center of empire. In the city of Rome, the illusion of power was at its strongest. 
Of course there was nothing to worry about because look at how invincible the Roman Empire was. You could see the huge armies. You could see the vast riches. You would hear about the conquests taking place all over the known world. There were big celebrations and spectacles to remind you how strong Rome was. Partying, getting drunk, the endless pursuit of more stuff and more pleasure, the things that Paul is talking about in this passage, they would all have been on offer, easily accessible in a city that was receiving tribute from occupied countries extended out thousands of miles away. The temptation in a place like that is to indulge, to not ask any questions about where the stuff is coming from, to just appreciate that you have the power and the wealth and the riches. And that becomes its own kind of spiritual sleep. It's a life focused on satisfying the self with no concern for how that affects others. And so Paul says the same thing to his listeners that Jesus does. Stay awake. So no matter where you were, whether you were at the heart of the empire or in one of the small and usually forgotten corners, there is always the temptation to buy an official story and let yourself fall asleep. Either judgment was coming and you didn't have to worry about it, or there could be no judgment because everything is great and perfect. Just sit back, accept what you've been told, live, the, live your life the way you're told to. And that has not changed. We live a life that's much closer to the experience of the Roman Christian communities because we see all around us the benefits, the supposed benefits of empire. We live in a place like Rome where with enough money, we can have anything that we think our heart desires. And we can spend all of our time pursuing those desires. We can go our whole lives like that without ever once having to stop. But if we're awake, we open our eyes. We can see the things that don't fit into the official story. We can see the people who are going without food or housing, the communities that have been left behind, the ongoing violence that takes place in our streets and across the world. But here's the thing about staying awake. And here's why Paul and Jesus have to say this to their listeners and why they have to say it so forcefully. It's hard. Because, um, let's be real, sleep is awesome. Or so I'm told. <laughs> I don't just mean that in the literal and physical sense. It is hard to force ourselves to admit truths that are difficult. It is easy to buy into stories that are designed to make us comfortable, that are designed to make us feel good about ourselves, that are designed to make us decide that the only people who might need to change is everyone else. There's a, there's a Rise Against song I love that, has, that echoes this sentiment. It's called Awake Too Long, which I definitely identify with. 
talks about this idea of wishing that there was something that could close my eyes to all that I see so that it would be easier to fall asleep. When we start listening to the lullabies, they're sweet and they're nice and they make us comfortable. And there's questions that the song asks that stick with me. Is there bliss and ignorance? Should we fall asleep? Why should we listen to Paul and Jesus here? Why should we decide that we are going to stay awake, that we're going to ignore those lullabies and decide to continue to pay attention to the things that are hard for us? Why should we keep our eyes open? Well, Advent is the season of waiting and the season of open-ended questions. <laughs> and I don't think this is a question that has an easy answer. So I want to come back to it next week and I want to leave you with that question. Why should we stay awake? But I do want to leave you with this. It is hard to stay awake, but we are not left without the resources to do so. God does not simply expect us to do this on our own. That as we decide to listen to Jesus and Paul, that we do so with one another and we are empowered by the grace of the Holy Spirit. We receive spiritual caffeine to keep us going when it's hard and when it's difficult and when we don't have answers to these questions. And so I want to invite you all now as we come to the table to receive that, to receive from the Holy Spirit the ability, the grace to keep your eyes open even when it seems hard, to be able to stay awake even when it would be easier to fall asleep. Amen. We continue on page three, five, eight.